This is Digital Marketing Fastlane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Boy Media, here's your host, Kevin Urrutia. Hey guys, welcome to Digital Marketing Fastlane. I'm here joined with my co-host, Eric Philippou. Hey Eric, how's it going? Good, how are you? Great. We have a very special brand that we're going to do a brand audit on. It's called Immy Eats. Website, it's called immyeats.com. Immy, probably immigrant. And we'll go into why we think that is. I'm not just saying that. Based on the story, I think you're right. For today, really what we're going to be talking about, guys, is we're talking about the brand, how they launched, maybe talk a little bit about the founders. I don't really know them Mm -hmm. personally, but we saw some of their stuff on Twitter talk about their Facebook ads, their landing pages, and mm-hmm. of course, talk about their products because I've actually purchased their products. This is one of the first brand audits we did where we actually purchased the product. I think Magic Spoon was the very first brand audit. Oh, and yeah. also I was just a customer. This brand reminds us so much of Magic Spoon. If you're alive in the year 2020, 2021, you know who they are. You probably get their ads, especially if you're in e-commerce and you see their ad, you think of it. So what do you want to go into first, Kevin? Let's talk a little bit about the brand story. So from the brand story, from what I read online, I think Eric, I shared with you the Twitter thread. These two people named Kevin and Kevin. So my name is Kevin. So three Kevins. They were developing this product for about two years. Their story was that they are Asian founders and they're looking for healthier Asian alternatives or healthy foods. There's a tons of Asian markets out there and there's all these brands out there. It's interesting when I read the thread because I never thought about it. We know Nissan, Nissan, that's the most common yeah. brand, right? Nissan, but, that's a great one, by the way, just saying. It's a great one. I may have yeah. pronounced it wrong, but there's a lot of classic ones. They're these big brands. This is a classic D2C play. This is ramen with a sexier packaging and branding and vibe, but also it has health angle to it. They're taking something that you see most ramens in the store. This is one of the higher end ramens I'm holding. Limeon Laksa. Phenomenal ramen, by the way. It's like old fashioned. It looks exactly what a D2C person wants to disrupt. This very like mass produced, unsexy thing. Something I will say about the food industry from the person on the side of the street selling hot dogs to the household celebrity chefs. You will. I've worked with household name celebrity chefs. Not going to say their names. I saw a tweet recently that said, find a company who still uses a fax machine and compete with them. That means they're so slow and so dumb and so outdated that you'll probably beat them if you're good. There are some celebrity chefs who are household names, Michelin star chefs. Their offices have fax machines right now. That's the top competitors, the top people in the food niche. The food niche is very competitive, but what I will say, there's a lot of competitors, but there aren't a lot of great competitors. And great is always in demand. By the way, that's going to be any niche you're going to be in. Don't be afraid of competition. In this brand, they I'm just very impressed with how they approached it. You, you said some really great points there for anybody listening that wants to build some sort of DTC brand. At least for me, it was very interesting because maybe I don't know this market too well, but then when they came out, oh, this is interesting because I do see this type of ramen anywhere and I thought it was very generic ramen. But now with this, you make it sexier ramen. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting. The way I'm envisioning this sort of ramen space, at least I was thinking about it when I was eating it today. When people see this, there's going to be a lot of competitors pop up. I'm not sure people have seen it, but the pricing is pretty expensive. And I'm thinking about what's actually included in ramen. It's literally ramen, which is very cheap to make. And also a little packet of powder, which is also very cheap to make. This is like one of their packets. I'm not sure the exact price, but I know that if you go to one of these stores, 
a packet of ramen 30 cents or 50 cents. This is a lot more. So I'm just, okay, people are going to see this and they're going to compete. That's a thing though, in these health food niches, the price, it could work in your favor, depending how you do it, or it could work against you. They do it in a clever way. It works in your favor when you price ahead of everyone else in the market, because it gives you premium imaging. They think, oh, it must be better than everyone in the market. And you can definitely get away with that if your branding shows that. And that's something else we're going to talk about. Their branding is gorgeous. It's up there with some of the best branding D2C brands I've ever seen. Up there with Recess, Magic Spoon, and we make fun of brands if we don't think their branding is good. There was one, I think two weeks ago, we talked about, we didn't like their branding. Oh, yeah. We were very transparent about that. This is great branding. You'll see on their website when we share the screen. Let's now share their screen and then look at their website. And again, we did a brand audit of Magic Spoon maybe a year ago. This reminds me a lot about Magic Spoon and not just the website, but also from the ads. I think Magic Spoon came out with his ads that almost everybody has copied now. This is the website, imieats.com. And it says surprisingly healthy instant ramen. Instant ramen, people recognize that, but for them, their angle is surprisingly healthy. I'm assuming people think that ramen's not healthy. I eat ramen all the time. I don't really think about it as that unhealthy. Instant ramen definitely has a negative connotation from a health standpoint. I think the legit ramens and the legit noodle soups do not, but like if you go to a nice Japanese or Vietnamese restaurant. For them, they're doing a new take on noodles, which is Imi reinvents delicious Asian ramen foods we love with added nutrition. It's instant ramen with health angle. Let's just talk about their website. Really great photography here. You see that this is appealing. What you get is not this. I would just say maybe a little disclaimer. Donald's been doing it for a hundred years. They lead with a value prop, which is the high protein, 31 grams, low net carbs, nine grams. And of course, hundreds yeah. of plant-based. Very good value yeah. props here. And then they explain a little bit about themselves. I'm not sure why their noodles look like this, because when I looked at my noodles, they were not this white. They're a little bit more brown. I have a lot of comments here, right? Bear with me. What I saw is not what I experienced. I think I actually ate this one, but let's go look at some of their stuff. So basically this is all their flavoring. Spicy beef, tom yum shrimp. Tom yum is pretty good. I've had that before. Black garlic chicken. I like this animation though. It makes an impression. If you're someone who you clicked an ad and you got to this site, especially you're comparing to other instant ramen brands, which you probably have zero trust or faith in. The look and the feel is so much more elevated, so much more legit than anything else that they're probably competing with, at least the Asian packaged foods. The competitors are these P.F. Chang's style where it's not really legit Asian American food. They have like General So chicken. You know, real Asian Americans would say that's stupid. Looks like it came off a conveyor belt that's 15 cents a package that got yeah. more MSG than who knows what. We always say, just use direct call to actions and being clever. Just say buy now. Love it. It says slurp now, I get it. But what does that mean? I love Slurp now. When I saw that, I thought that was very clever. You're immediately visualizing yourself with the product as you're moving forward in the purchasing process. So someone very engaged in this from a consumer psychology standpoint. Also, it just shows there's something about it. It sets a tone. Real people, they have a personality. Something as small and simple as that. And it does make a big difference because it's the thing they are clicking on to go to the next step buying. It's like if they walked into a store, a vehicle yep. that made them take it off a shelf and put it in their shopping cart. That is an important vehicle. I think you definitely make good points and I agree with that, but I still prefer being very direct with what I mean. But everything you said is 100% right. Just depends on how you're thinking about it. Really like all these little animations they're doing. That's personality. The one I got was actually this priority pack. Another thing that's really great here, a lot of these websites are doing this a lot now. And I think, was it Magic Spoon that came out yeah. with this first? They're probably not the first people ever to compare themselves yeah. in a chart to competitors especially in the health food niche. But look, this works. Yep. When you're at a supermarket, you're deciding what to buy from a health standpoint, you're holding nutrition facts together. This definitely works. 
people's mindset has finally gone away that, oh man, I can't show competitors on my own website. This is literally massive companies. People are finally getting away from that sort of scare, which was very interesting to see. This whole D2C space is finally going into the way that internet marketers have been doing for the past 20 years that they were calling scammy. And now they're just doing it themselves in a cleaner way. A lot of the stuff that I'm seeing D2C brands reinvent is stuff that marketers have been doing for 20, 30 years in the digital marketing space. Of course, I really like this chart because people can see. And of course, guys, anybody listening, your brand is always gonna be the best. And of course, guys, remember, they're picking brands that they know they're gonna be the best against. There could be another brand that's better than them, but of course, you're not gonna put it. Just be mindful sure. of that. Testimonials, ramen for everybody. This is nice. Then the ramen here, some nice photography. Mm. I'm not really sure what this is here. The same way you said, oh, this is not what you get. They add clams oh. to it. They add the bok choy to it. They add the red peppers to it. I will put yeah. fresh scallion on it. I will put fresh shrimp on my laksa packaging. Us ramen connoisseurs, we go hard. You go hard. Okay. That's the website. And again, now let's go to the product pages. So from what I'm looking at, they're using Shopify here, just based on just looking at the URLs. So here's the pack, one-time purchase. So each package was six bucks. So that's pretty expensive. $6 for ramen is pretty expensive for instant ramen. So that's something to be thinking about when you buy it. Because Eric, how much was your ramen? So this one, Limian Laksa, the Singapore Laksa. If I'm not pronouncing right, don't kill me in the comments. But I think it was like $13 or $14 for a four-pack. But this is the best of the best ramen. Yeah. $14 divided by four. So about three fifty. This is almost double. I don't eat it when I'm trying to be healthy. It's salad season yeah. in our house, so I haven't been in a while. Their ramen is pretty expensive if you're really comparing it to instant ramen. Something that I was actually thinking about was going back to that chart. It's interesting how they're not comparing the price to instant ramen. That you can always make your brand the best when you yeah. compare. You control your narrative. This is like the yeah. best time to do it. This is just tips that you should be thinking about because I'm thinking of it as a marketer, but people are probably buying your products and thinking about it that way. Anyways, love this. I like the ingredients, what's included, suggested toppings. I think that was interesting, but again, all the health facts at the keto-friendly angle, low net carbs, high protein, 100% plant-based. Something I would suggest they do. So price is by far the biggest objection they have yep. if you're on this brand. So they have a bunch of these great reviews, 44. 44, yep. Put the number of five-star reviews as close to the price number as possible because it shows the social proof associated with it. So it makes whatever objection you have about the price, not as strong. 44, they just launched like a week or two ago. Over time, it's gonna be a thousand and that's gonna make a big impact. You see a thousand five-star reviews, it's gonna make a very big impact. Even if it improves conversion rate a fraction of a percent, it's gonna help a lot over time. Number one question, is it really $6 per bowl? That's 6X the price. When I was eating it, I was like, whoa, this is pretty expensive. I kind of like instant ramen better. They did a, a four or five paragraph answer to that because they know they have to answer that. This is the number one objection for anybody. People that buy instant ramen are probably going to be price conscious. Yeah, that's another way to look at it too. Absolutely. If I'm paying six hours for ramen, why can't I just order from Uber Eats, pay five hours more for premium ramen or like from a store? Mm -hmm. So that's the way I'm thinking about it. Where instant ramen, okay, I want to make it quick and just get something. And of course, yeah, they answered with the health proteins, with the health facts, but... I don't really care. I just want something yeah. good. Depending on the target customer, the health thing is all that matters a lot of the times. Yeah. 31 grams of protein is insane. They answer it. They know if you don't want to buy it, don't buy it. If this is for you, buy it. And that's a thing in D2C. You don't have to impress everyone. You have to impress oh. your target audience. And there's going to be people who are not going to love your product. That's okay. You're not going to ever please everybody. 
And that's fine because you will find your raving fans and that's yeah. all you really need to make a business. You don't need hundred million customers to have a great business. If you have raving fans for food, even better because you're going to buy over and over again. Remember, this is a D2C play. So even though it is quote unquote direct to consumer, you have a tax man. Your tax man is Facebook and Google ads. Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, he wants to collect his money. You got to pay him to advertise. He's the new retailer. He is the new really? Walmart of the target. Not price as, as cheap as possible. If they were to sell in Target, they would not have as much ad spend. They wouldn't have to pay $45 for a new customer or whatever they're doing. Pros and cons to that if you're in the D2C space. Before we look at their ads, I want to look at something very important and it's core to their brand. It's core to their marketing and it's core to their long-term success. And that's their story. So storytelling is probably one of the most underrated things in D2C marketing. If you talk to a marketer, they'll say, oh yeah, absolutely. It's so important. But very few brands actually do it, let alone to the extent that they do it. This is a very cool story. In the foodie niche, I watch a lot of foodie shows. Chef Show is one example. A Roy Choi. A lot of the cookbooks, Asian cookbooks, shout out to Tuki Hong. There's a very prevalent What about David story. Chang? Do you like David Chang? I'm not going to say my opinion on David Chang. I've been to his restaurants, but I don't love it the way I love Dookie Hong's food. There's a story that's very powerful and very real and connects with a lot of people is the story, immigrant family coming to America, how food impacts their life. Being the only kid in your school with chopsticks for lunch and people, everyone else is a sandwich or something. That's yeah. a very real story. That's something they lean into. It's something that their target market probably can relate to a lot. And that's more powerful than the best ad or everything. That's one of the most impactful things. Extreme example is probably something like Tom's Shoes built their whole brand on just their story. Storytelling is absolutely an underrated thing and they do a lot of storytelling here. That's one of the things when you're starting a D2C brand, the story is so important because it immediately cuts through the clutter. It immediately makes you interesting. It establishes a connection, a level of trust. Oh, these people are just like me. You know, they have the same experiences me or they just have a very real mission some generic brand at the store that you're competing with could never do and you want to put as much focus on that as you do pretty much any other aspect of the business a lot of people probably think that storytelling is fluffy but the storytelling is so important because it allows you to connect with the customer but also allows you to remember the brand more easily Think about Netflix. Everybody probably has heard this story before. The founder started Netflix because he didn't want to pay the late fees. I read the book about Netflix and the founder of Netflix said that that's not the real story. That's a story they made up to, in order to get people to connect with the brand. The real story is that he started the company while driving to work and wanted to think about ideas. And Netflix was an idea that just came out of it. When Reed Hastings, which is the current CEO, he was the one that with the marketing team came up with this story. And now this is quote unquote how Netflix was founded. The real founder of Netflix isn't Reed Hastings. He was an investor that then took over as the CEO. Both of him and Reed Hastings were in a car just thinking of ideas. And that's how Netflix got started. If you have a powerful story, it can literally overtake anything. People can relate to that. Saying, mm -hmm. oh, I felt that pain too. And that's why stories are important. Going back to Imi Eats, I think the story that they have here, it doesn't do justice to the real story that they told on Twitter. Yeah, I would yeah. take that story that they had on Twitter and put it here. That's why it's very transparent for the business. Another note about storytelling from a consumer psychology standpoint, when someone's just reading the average, let's say an ad or a product page versus a story, when someone's reading a story, they're consuming something in a story narrative style, their entire brain is active. Every part of their brain is activated. They're fully yep. engaged. And it's just a much more higher quality impression than maybe an ad impression, someone just looking at your ad and then reading it and then keep scrolling. 
it makes a much more deeper connection. I guess from a marketing standpoint, it can improve conversion rate or when you're emotional, you will do things. Talk about addiction. <laughs> so <laughs> this emotional thing, powerful versus product page, you're in this kind state of what are they trying to sell me? What's the price? And can I justify it right now? Versus storytelling, you're more relaxed. You're letting your emotions take over. And then when you're emotional about something, you'll do something irrational. So just buy the product. A differentiator. It's a good explaining why you made the brand connect right away. Let's go to their ads. A lot of these ads are great. And a lot of these ads remind me of Magic Spoon ads, company that we keep talking about because a lot of their stuff reminds me of Magic Spoon. If we think about their ads, this line here, Eric, we've been working on Amy for two years. This really sets the tone. This is something that we care about deeply and finally is out there angle of like, Hey, it's finally out. It's always great. After two years of working on this program, it's finally out. So for you as a prospect, you feel this is taking a while. It must be good. Or it must be something I have yeah. to check out. I was just reading scientific advertising by Claude Hopkins. There's a whole chapter on, I think, specificity and something about that. Oh, we spent 1 billion on yeah. this researching this product versus, Oh, this is the product. When you say the background, yeah. how much effort, how many resources you as a business put into it, it has a very big impact. It builds a lot of hype, anticipation, or this must be good since they put more money into it. And by the way, the consumer has no point of reference. So if you worked on it for, if the average ramen is made in five years or whatever, and two years is considered nothing, no one really knows that. Maybe your consumers will, maybe someone in your office will say, hey, it actually takes five yeah. years, not two. But the consumer has no point of reference, so they'll be impressed. You see ads, they say, oh, this sold out four times. Okay. Someone in the office <laughs> yeah. is like, it's sold out four times because you don't know how to do inventory, yeah, yeah. which is true. <laughs> which is true for almost every brand that yeah. they say they sold out. It's because they ordered too little. The customer thinks it's sold out because it's such a hot product. It's really selling. Everyone's buying it. It's limited edition. There's scarcity. That's a huge marketing psychology takeaway. We just looked at the first line of this ad. You can take away a lot from that. It works really well because... My favorite place in New York City is a Biko curry. Eric, I think you know how much I love this place. Plaster on their wall is this curry took us 100 hours. No, yeah. verbatim, yeah. I've stared at it for 100 hours probably. Yeah, that's so powerful because, whoa, this is 100 hours. But what does 100 hours mean? The time that they mixed it, the time it's been in the fridge, the time they've cooked on it. Yeah. Even for this, we've been working on it for two years. And I follow these guys on Twitter. And similar to this, just a side comment. These guys have been working full time. So it's not like two years of constantly 40 hours a week. So two hours, it could be because you can... Maybe you were working or maybe you're doing something else, but it's just a piece of your story. These are great ads. For me, they look nice, visually appealing. My only comment would be it is too ad -y. It looks too much like an ad. But again, they're just good looking ads, so they could yeah. work. They uh, do have this UGC thing on the right, and that's a good one. I did watch the video. It's funny. has some humor to it. Sorry, I was This is UGC-ish, but this is very scripted. What I like about it, 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 the script is really good. They're hitting all these points that makes you want to buy it. So whoever wrote their script, hats off to them. It's really yeah. good, actually. The Editing style. here is really nice, by the way. The branding, you could see it's also 
done well in the actual ads. And you see just the first three ads, they're trying out a lot of different visual styles, creative styles. The infamous them versus us ad that yeah. almost every brand is doing now. Yeah, I love this one. It works yeah. really well. It's a good way to just separate you from them in a factual way. This one is really, really popular. Anybody listening or watching right now on YouTube, also make sure if you're watching on YouTube to like, subscribe to us and leave us any comments. But this is a really popular ad and it works really well. And we've done it with almost every brand. It keeps on working. It sticks to purely factual things that of why you're better, whether it's the price, maybe nutrition facts of food or even pet food like this. It immediately shows the unique selling proposition in a very clear, digestible way. They do it in a very aesthetically pleasing way, a nice looking way. Instantly, you know, difference between why you should buy this instead of something else. It's very good, even just priming people to get ready to buy this, getting high quality traffic too. One comment here is that this side sticks out more than mm -hmm. this side. So I would flip the colors because I'm paying attention to them. I'm looking more to the left one versus reading the right one. There's some ways to play around with it. Yeah. We do a style and it works pretty well. The left side is black and white, and there's like a sad, emotional person. This is the bad option, the competition or whatever it yeah. is. And then the, on the left side is the positive option. It's us. It shows why we're better. It's a positive emotion. There's a lot of ways you can do that. And this is a style that we're seeing more and more in a lot of spaces that do have a factually better unique yep. selling proposition. Here's another ad that I really like. Eating low carb, but crave ramen. Really good call to action. Fair enough. factual base. And I've been in that keto algorithm where I've been Googling keto foods all the time. And I would get yeah. an ad for a keto food and it really does hit the spot, gets your attention. We've done extensive advertising in for the keto, keto space. Yep. It makes a really good impact when you can show them a food that they cannot otherwise have. Eric, are they going to separate pages? I'm not sure. I actually don't know what the landing pages are. This looks like straight to a product page. Yeah, that's a product page. We're going to check right now. This is all going to the variety pack. But I do have one of their product pages open up, by the way. So in case we can't find it. That being said, I'm not sure if they're using a pre-sell landing page. So they have one here. It's oh, the welcome? Yep. The welcome is the pre-sell page. I've seen this one when you first showed me. It seems they're selling this three pack. It kind of looks very similar to their website. But the main difference is that this goes directly to the checkout. They're using Unbounce for this. You can find a lot of designers on Unbound. Traditional checkout here though. I got the pack. So let's go look at their emails real quick. You want to look at their emails? Sure. Yeah. I had some comments on their emails, by the way. I've been very deep in the email space a lot lately too. I might have something. Their logo came broken. I'm not sure why, but that was weird. But I was ordered 2,369. A really cool hack to do is to exaggerate the number of orders you've had to make it sound like you got a lot more orders. That's a very old trick. I think my dad used to sell flowers. He would get five customers a day 30 years ago, but he would put receipt number 800 something. You could do that very easily in Shopify too. They're using Shopify, but they're also using Klaviyo, traditional D2C stack. So this is the first email I got called Loa First Bite. Get your bowls ready. We're serving up your ramen. This is a cause for celebration. Nice. It shows the lab coat. It shows that putting someone in a lab coat, that could be their friend's neighbor or something. They just threw a lab coat on them. They did say in their tweet storm that they did work with a food PhD. Food science PhD yeah. looks like it's in a legit office, a legit lab. I mean, kind of tells their story, what they're about, that kind of welcome to the family style series. This is a good email style to deploy even maybe in a welcome series. If they haven't even purchased yet a pre-purchase style. I like this a lot. It looks good. Is um, it post-purchase email? Yep. I got the order one and then I got this one a day later. And then nice. I got the shipment email. This is the shipment one. 
Sometimes in those emails you get before it ships, people would throw you an upsell. That could be a very smart move depending on it. Hey, you know, this will ship with your current existing order if you buy this now. That's a move you can do depending how aggressive you want to do. I like this email. Welcome to a ramen loving family. And then they give you an access to, I guess, our Facebook group, maybe. Let's click on it. Private beta Facebook groups. A lot of DCC brands are doing this now. They're making Facebook groups. We have a Facebook group too. So I think it's a great way to build a community and for people to yeah. share recipes. Remember, this is a food product. Food is inherently social. People want to share what they're eating, share what they're mixing. Yeah. So that's something that's really great for these sort of brands. So I really like this one. And again, they're promoting uh, Instagram so you can post something on Instagram. And this community building aspect is a smart move they're doing. I guess you could say a higher level thing. It's a smart thing to do when you're starting out that a lot of other brands don't do a lot. I think we comment on a lot of podcasts, community building is really huge. Building a Facebook group is huge. Very few brands do it. This one's doing it. And the benefit of that is owns traffic. It's people you could talk to. There's an iOS 14 update that's going to kill your paid traffic. Not to get political, let's say something gets canceled for whatever reason. You have this group of people, you have their emails anyway, you own traffic, you're constantly communicating with them. You can put hype buildup for exclusive sales in there that can do very well, that costs you almost nothing. There's a lot of benefits to community building. So the fact that they're doing that at all is a huge step forward. We're not in the group, obviously, at least not that I know of. Something here that's interesting is join 35,000 plus. They literally just launched a month ago. So I'm not sure how they have 35,000 orders already. They don't specify 35,000 what? Could it could be 35,000 page views for all we know. Anyways, that's another marketing tactic there, guys. It just makes it seem like you're not the only one. And then again, here is the last email, which is that it arrived and it arrived and you know, here it is. And I had the garlic flavored one earlier today. It was okay. I think I described how I tasted it. I thought it was gonna be taste better than I thought it would. And it was just okay for me. Something to note here, we're not shitting on this brand, but yeah, like no. Kevin goes to Abiko Curry probably daily. And that is the best, legit. His standard is higher than most people's. So. I go to Rico Curry at least three times a week and I eat ramen almost all the time. I thought it'd be better based on storytelling. The storytelling really sold me. And when I got the product, I was like, oh, disappointed it wasn't as what I thought. What did you add to it? Did you just go from the packaging? Did you add it with your own Straight stuff? from the packaging. They're yeah. comparing it to Instant Ramen. So I just hit it, yeah. it up and put it in. Instant Ramen has everything I need. Has my little pieces of meat in there, has my corn. Oh, it does? Okay. I'll try it again. I'll try a different flavor. I only tried one flavor, so the other ones could be better. Of course, that's why I got the three packs. I want to see. But that was my overall impression. We love the brand. It's just another thing to launch. I think two years spending time developing, researching this is great feat to just launch and put yourself out there. Like Eric said, we're not like talking bad about the brand. It's just, I like to give my honest opinion on things. And it's important because it shows we're not just pandering to like brands. There's some constructive feedback. And by the way, that's only like two people who that applies to watching like yeah. the actual brand owners, the other hundreds over thousands of people watching, they're trying to take notes and learn too. If you're a media buyer thinking of starting your own little side hustle, every media buyer is, they might be lying if they say they're not. At one point you will be. This is a good thing to study because they put a lot of effort into a lot of very important parts of the business that as marketers, you might overlook. Made sure they had a great product, or at least they put a lot of time into their product. They put a lot of authority behind the development of their product. You see they have food science PhDs, et cetera. They clearly put a lot of time and thought into their branding and storytelling. And you can tell by their ads, whether they have an agency or- They have an agency. If I'm looking at their ads, yeah. They, yeah, they're working with somebody. They're playing chess, not checkers. Yeah. If you are starting to launch a brand, you can learn a lot looking at this brand and following it. Look at this podcast, look at their website on the Wayback Machine to see how they kind of progress. Look at their ads. It's an exciting brand to follow.
Also remember, based on just looking at some of their ads, creatives, website, it definitely costs money to start this. From mm-hmm. just like looking at the stuff here. I'm very impressed with this brand overall. Obviously, like every brand, they have stuff they could do better, but they don't have to be perfect. You just have to be profitable. If your product doesn't need to appeal to anybody, and that's okay. And you're going to have some loyal customers and loyal fan base. And that's all you need. It's very rare for your product, for everybody to like your product. Even the biggest companies, such as Google or even iPhone, people are like, oh, I don't like Apple. The biggest companies have this. You're going to have your fan base. Always be, at least if you're making a brand, be true to your brand, sort of what you want to sell and the product you want to sell to or customers you want to sell to. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Again, like, subscribe to us on YouTube if you like the video or any comments, you can feel free to email us or just put a comment below. And hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.